Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This fan base is amazing. The city of Cincinnati is amazing, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Desmond fakes a handoff right to the right. He's got all sorts of room to the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! Bearcats! 20, 25, fourth middle of the field at the 35, and he is gone! Trey Tucker will take it 98 yards to the house. cooking now this game overall i mean overall i want to know how you guys feel if you want to speak go ahead throw your name in the hat and we'll get you on but um you know from from my perspective uh it's the bearcats did a fantastic job early game controlling i mean we were in control basically the entire game until we made a few uh, you know, touchy defensive plays. Of course, I think there was a lot of missed calls on pit side too, but ultimately uh, throughout all of that, a uh, couple gutsy plays at the end, you know, great play calling there from Satterfield, whether you agree with it or not, it worked out. Um, and sometimes it requires that ballsy play calling to end up winning a game like this. And you get down to the end of it and pulled out and here we are two and zero. Bearcats are on top. Uh, it is definitely two and zero. I think there are some things to work on for sure, but you know, it feels nice to be two and zero. It def it definitely does. I mean, it's this is the thing where you know we definitely weren't concerned going into the EKU game by any means, but looking at Pitt, you know, optically from a distance, we didn't really know what we were going to get to have offensively going into the season. We didn't really know. Um, how well the new defensive pieces would mesh together. And, of course, you know, there's plenty of conversation we can have on that throughout this game too. But um, I think overall they found a way to get enough done at the right time and just played it out. I mean, this felt like a, this felt like a Bearcats of recent past kind of win where you run it up early and then you're just sweating it out for a lot of the game. But – uh, they did really feel in control for a, a large, large portion of this game. And I, I would say even when it started to slip away, um, you know, it felt like there was some hope there. But a lot of it, too, I think towards the end was just like, unfortunately, some ticky-tack calls, some really bad, you know, pass interference plays. I, it, overall, I, I think there was a lot to unpack there. But again, if you guys uh, have any takes or you want to throw your name in the hat, just request to speak and we'll throw you on. But I'm going to hand it off here. Yeah, 
just real quick, Justin, I just want to like give one last note real quick before I listen to the people. But um, man, I, I think, you know, there'll be some stuff to do in the corrections tomorrow. Um, good thing that we just don't have to like, you know, I think Twitter would have been ablaze if this was a loss. So good thing we don't have to worry about that either. <laughs> um, I just, I think there's some things to work on, but it's, it's a good position to be in where you can correct a couple things. And if you look around this league tonight, Justin, like I said this week, some of the other teams in this league are not really living up to expectations right now. And guess who just went on the road and stole a game in Pittsburgh? Your Cincinnati Bearcats. Like, you know, for all the other teams in this league, not – I mean, I don't – I'll catch up with the Texas score, but pretty – feels pretty good. Gentlemen, if I could just jump in here really quick. Love the insight so far. I think there's things to correct. I think that we're lucky that we have the fake Miami coming to historic Nipper Stadium next weekend. And I think there's an opportunity to correct some things next weekend before we have Oklahoma coming back or for the first time into historic Nipper Stadium. So I'm excited for that. I might be more excited for Hummer to shotgun beers on this week's episode of Cincy Slangin', more so than I am looking forward to Miami coming because he has been a Satterfield doubter. It is officially Saturdays in Cincinnati, and I'm excited to see him shotgun those Cincy lights this week. I think everybody wants to shotgun a Cincy light after that game. That, uh, That felt good. That felt really good. Um, we're, we're going to need, we're going to need that. I, I think, I think going forward this season, it's a requirement from all of you who are in here. If you're a Bearcats fan, uh, there's some of you who I don't know if you are or not, but if you're not a Bearcats fan, still shotgun a Cincy light, uh, and you know, go fucking Bearcats. Corey mother fucking Kiner is an absolute dude. Put some respect on his name. That man. Carried this offense. I'm so happy he is finally getting carries and doing what he was expected to do last season. Just an absolute dog. Love it. Love to see it. And our D-line did an absolutely fantastic job for this game. They were pressuring him all day, even though he could not hit the broad side of a barn with a football. But all around, I think it was a good solid game other than some questionable play calling and like you said those ticky tacky calls that they were calling our dbs and the not i guess the invisible holding that they couldn't see but all in all w is a w we'll take it go bearcats baby go bearcats i mean i i actually you bring up Corey kind of there and i really want to kind of unpack um some of the individual performances from this game um, well, let's start with Corey Kiner, uh, 20 carries throughout this game. So, uh, if you were wondering whether or not he was going to be the bell cow, there you go. I mean, 20 carries is definitely hefty compared to, uh, his usage last year. Um, average 7.7 carry or uh, yards per carry and ended up with 153 total yards on a touchdown as well. Um, incredible performance. I mean, he was running like, uh, a man unleashed. It was insane, and he was leaning into tackles. He was fighting for those extra yards. He was throwing stiff arms left and right. I mean, he was <clears throat> he was snapping people left and right. It was it was incredible to watch because 
this is the Corey Kiner that everybody knew that he could be. And we're finally getting a taste of that in a big game like this. And I mean, he was, I, I don't think it's arguable. He was the star of the show tonight. I mean, I, I don't think anybody else really put up some kind of super convincing performance that just really blew you away. But for some other strong performances as well, of course, Emory Jones, 18 for 26, uh, 125 yards, two touchdowns, did have one interception, which uh, I, I think everybody wanted an aspirin at the end of that game there uh, after that interception. That really felt like uh, things were starting to crumble. But, of course, Bearcats defense buckled down and uh, made some huge plays. Shout out to Jack Dingle. That sack on fourth down to shut everything down was just awesome. Like that was that was the that was the play that finished it off. That was the icing on the cake. Um, and then of course, you know, a couple other really strong like plays going for fourth and one a little bit before that as well. Um, really overall great performances there. Uh, Braden Smith as well, five receptions, fifty nine yards, averaging eleven point eight on a touchdown as well. Uh, D Wiggins three receptions for fifty two yards, averaging seventeen and a half. Uh, I mean, I think the receivers did really good there. And, of course, this is one thing that I really want to touch on is Singletary. Uh, I think, you know, we've kind of relied a lot on tight ends in the past. Last year, it really – the tight end play kind of fell off a bit. And now we're coming into this year, and we're kind of wondering, um, you know, where some of these guys are actually going to fit into this offense. And, of course, I, I think Singletary is, you know, making his case, uh, and it, it looks strong. I mean, it, this was a great first touchdown for him to start everything off in this game. Um, and, you know, that that was just – it was awesome to see. Xavier Henderson really kind of fell away in this game comparatively to where he was in EKU. Uh, only one catch for 10 yards. Uh, still averaging a first down, so take that there. But, uh, you know, I, I definitely thought we'd see more of him than we did. But, alas, here we are. Um and then switching to the defensive side of the ball, uh, Brian Threats, seven total tackles, four solos. Uh, Jack Dingle, also seven tackles, with two tackles for loss and a sack there. Of course, that clutch one that we talked about there at the end. A uh, handful of sacks across the board. We had five total as a team. Um, half sacks from Grisak and uh, Van, as well as a sack from Corleone and Briggs. Um, some of the typical names you'd expect to see there. Of course, the Sean Pace, Dorian Jones, Juwan Briggs, Taj Ward, all four-plus tackles there. Um, the, I think the defense did a hell of a job in this game, and they really uh, kept us in it for a lot of that. But at the same time, you know, I, I think some of the some of the coverage plays were <laughs> a bit questionable, and there was a little bit of handsiness going on uh, in the game, too, which felt a little shaky. But ultimately, you know, Bearcats figure it out um, and, and can mesh everything together. So I'm curious from you guys. Uh, what were some of your highlights from this game? What, what were some of your takeaways? Um, who were some of your individual like performances that you really, you know, took away from this game and people that you're looking forward to this season? I think Justin Harris's response after he got that last pass interference call where the ball was thrown 12 yards over the dude's head. And then he makes that crucial pass breakup. That perfect way to respond in my opinion, after – I mean, he had a – to be fair, he had a rough night. He had a couple penalties called on him. But also, one of those could have gone either way on that pass interference in the touch in the end zone, whatever. But I really think that he responded well making that pass break up. And like you said, Brian Threats, absolute perfect hit that got called for targeting, got picked up. 
He did a great job. Eric Phillips. Absolute unspoken hero of that first half. He was getting after it, pressuring him. I think I think he got a sack. Could be wrong. But just all around great job. And like you said, Braden Smith impressed the hell out of me today. Honest to God. I think my big thing is, you know, we might have probably gotten upset that Satterfield really went conservative at the end, but the team definitely, they knew what they were doing. They never, they might have bent, but they didn't break. They kept going, going, going. And I don't know. I think this team has really bought into what Satterfield brought and hell hell of excited for the next, next couple games. Isn't dead air just the best? Hey, John, welcome. Let's, uh, uh, what would you want to add to the conversation? Maybe. Well, John? Well, I guess we'll see if he speaks, but... Um, can can yeah, you guys hear me? I think, oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Hey, shout out to Viva La Cats. Shout out to Go Beer Cats. Shout out to Cincy Slangin'. Hey, that's a great win for Scott Satterfield in the Bearcats. Uh, that's an away win, top 30 team. Um, hey, I don't know. I don't think we're going to win the Big 12 this year, but I think we're going to be competitive. Um, couple takeaways. Hey, Corey Kiner, uh, let the guy cook. I mean, he looked fantastic tonight. Um, couple of, of the things that the concerns coming into the season, the O-line and the secondary, I thought the O-line first half was fantastic. I mean, they were opening up holes, um, all, all half. The secondary still looks a little suspect. I think some of those some of those things can be fixed with coaching, but hey, there's a lot of of good to be taken away from this game tonight, and um, I, I'd like to see a little more of Emory. Uh, maybe Satterfield got conservative, um, and we needed to open it up a little bit. But that's a that's a great win, fellas, and I, you know, I I think that that's a that's a big win. So happy to hear you. Massive Dubsky, boss man. I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I was just getting our food order and getting out here. It's only seven thirty here out in beautiful Arizona. But, but yeah, I completely agree. Huge win. I think that's something too where I've been waiting for a win like that for Coach Satterfield. I mean, obviously it's only game two, but I kind of think he wasn't fully bought in yet by the entire fan base and you know I, there's definitely some things to question there but going 2-0 beating a rival on the road feels pretty good I hope that everybody can really rally, rally around this team for the next two games because the next obviously Miami next week and then you got the big one you got Oklahoma and they they didn't they look they look good for sure but 
I think they only scored 28 points last time I checked against SMU. So you never know, especially at a home game there too. Well, I, I want to add this in real quick here because, you know, talking on Pitt specifically and specifically about Scott Satterfield, we've uh, harped on this a little bit already uh, this past week, but I think this is one of my biggest points for this game is that you have the advantage of Scott Satterfield in this game. And I think, Partially, that could have been what a lot of what we saw in the early game like game plan was. I mean, it was just very aggressive offense, very aggressive defense. And, I, I mean, I think that's Scott Satterfield knowing Narduzzi's scheme for Pitt. But at the same time, he also, you know, uh, he, he has that experience, but he also has the advantage of having a, sort of a reset with a team, uh, different skill sets, different players, um, you know, kind of different strategy there to throw at Pitt at the same time. Um, so I think it's kind of a one-two punch that Satterfield really gives you an advantage in this kind of ACC, uh, you know, opponent that he's used to playing. So um, I, I think that's a big part of what our advantage was today. But I'd be really curious to see, too, how this translates and how Satterfield can kind of work off of this. Uh, of course, going, you know, and playing Miami next week, I don't think it's really going to be anything that's uh, hopefully we're not going to struggle there and we're, we're not going to run into any issues. But, um, you know, knowing where, we stand in this game. Hopefully there are some things, like you said, that could translate over to Oklahoma and you can uh, find a way to work some magic there. Can we talk about that Cincinnati was seven and a half point underdogs at one point this week and just blew it out of the water? I mean, there's national disrespect there and hell, they took it to them. I would love to talk about that. I got him at eight. This is Brandon from the den. Um, to everything that everyone's just talked about, the Bearcats absolutely brought it to Pitt on the road, and that was the biggest concern. For anyone that maybe you're the most optimistic fan or the least, but you at least thought that they would potentially have a chance to to win this game. But could they prove it on the road? with this roster that has so many unknowns. And then they come out and they did a 20-point lead. And then they held on. I think that going into Oklahoma, going into conference play, that what they've shown here on the road at Pitt in a, you know, I wouldn't say hostile environment, but it was pretty good for Pitt standards. They, it was all right. I they, mean, felt, I... they felt some pressure. And they dealt with it, and they they made the plays that they needed to make. They got the first downs. Dante Corey, uh, the the they dialed up the defensive plays that they had to. I'm I'm coming away with this texting people like are are we are we good? Like are we somebody validate this for me? Like are Steve, we good? <laughs> Steve, I, we we talked about this this week. Five and I, a half I, wins I, is going to be smashed. I I completely agree. I I think. You know, Justin and I were a little bit more optimistic than maybe we should have been. But a couple of the group chats were talking today about just, you know, what we lost really in the transfer portal and what we've gained. A lot of the guys that left in the transfer portal and everybody was worried about, they did not really play well today or last week. And I think Cincinnati has probably improved in the transfer portal. I think our roster is better, honestly, for the guys that we got in the transfer portal. Because if you take last year's team, and bring them here, I don't think they win this game, to be honest. I mean, you know, you got 
issues with offense and quarterback and everything like that. We don't need to rehash last year's team. But I do think that this is a positive for Scott Satterfield and for yeah. this year's team to show that, man, you just went in and stole that game. You punched him in the mouth early. You kind of – maybe the second half you could have done a little bit more there. But I, I don't really I, – I hate doing the comparison game, but I'm going to do it. I think that – I think this team is a lot better than last year's team right now. Right now, I'll, I'll do that caveat right now. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not ready for that, but like, but to, to your earlier point, Xavier Henderson had one touch tonight. Like, there's a lot of skill out there that left to be desired that we could potentially see against other teams. So, yes and no to what you're saying. I don't want to get too hype, but like, yeah, we got a solid roster. Well, this is the time to get hype. I mean, like, you know, this is a great win. <laughs> like, might as well fucking celebrate it now, you know, while we can before before other stuff happens. I mean, I def- I do get it, though. I agree. I think it's just kind of like, you know, I think the Xavier point is was well said. I think maybe there was a little bit more to be desired in the passing game, although I understand that Pitt really has some good corners who have played a lot of ball. So I understand, you know, trying to go away from them. I Like – you know, like Hunter said earlier, I think Corey Kiner just really, like, showing up and showing off tonight, I think that was awesome. Uh, I, I'm so happy for him. I think he kind of got the raw end last year as Cincinnati kid and just uh, uh, certain coaches were telling him not to do certain things on the field. And you've seen it in the last two games he's been able to produce. So, um, Matt, I want to get you in here. Matt, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, speaking of like how the uh, old guys are doing, uh, are you guys watching a uh, fickle struggle with Washington State right now? Oh, we've, we've been I, watching. I hadn't this been at checking least. at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm it was twenty-four to nine. Glancing, You'll see that Rice is currently beating Houston by yeah. one. But hey, add another dub to the schedule. Um, UCF needed a last-second, like fifty-yard field field goal to win at Boise State, so. I mean, shit, I'll take our our kind of blowout win at, at Pitt because Boise State's garbage and looks good. So, okay, well, let's, we're on it. We're on it. So let's talk it. I mean, we, we've, we've touched on it, but let's go into this thing. I mean, with what we've got left this season, we have Miami, Oklahoma. You walk into BYU, then you go to Iowa State. You got Baylor. You got Oklahoma State. You follow that up with uh, whoever's slipping my mind that's directly after Oklahoma State. Oh, uh, Hilton Knight Managers. Then you go at Houston, at West Virginia, and then you got Kansas at home. So that's the rest of your roundout schedule. I mean, if you guys are, like, throwing a number out there right now, this is this is the time. We're in the moment. This is why we do this. So I want to hear the most bold claim that you have. If it's if it's reasonable, you can be reasonable. If it's bold, you can be bold. I don't care. I want to hear it. What's your number right now? If we've got two and zero on the season, we've got ten games left in regular season. I'm looking at the rest of that. Oklahoma spooks me. I still think personally that that's a loss. BYU, I'm not convinced of. Baylor, absolutely. I think that's fine. Iowa State, also think it's fine. Oklahoma State, I don't know. UCF, I feel strongly about that we should be okay in that game. And the rest of those final three, I feel good about too. So realistically, I'm looking back at like at least an eight-win season again. And I'm hitting you with nine. Like, I'm, well, uh, give, uh, give me nine. I'm at, I'm at nine. Give pretty it to solid me. Give it to point. me, man. I mean, if if we're at nine, who do you see being those three losses? Uh, Oklahoma, the Oklahoma State game, 
and then a toss up of any other one, but I'm I'm at nine. I'm at nine at this point. And that's fair. I'll say it. We only lose to Oklahoma. Let's run the table. Good <laughs> lord, man. Good lord. Wow. Trent, there we go. I love it. That's that's what we like to do. I mean <laughs> Honestly though, I've watched Baylor. I've watched pretty much every other Big Twelve team other than you know, Oklahoma, who really scares you? Maybe going to West Virginia, maybe going to Oklahoma State. Well, when we get, we get... Texas in the, the championship game, that, that <laughs> might scare me. <laughs> there you go. Okay. that are... Is Texas back? Texas I mean, is back. Texas did is they back. Win tonight? We don't play, we don't play Colorado, down. and they're a wagon. So. Did Texas win tonight? Well, uh, they're up 34-24. Oh, okay. I'll, Seven minutes I'll, left. I'll watch the UFC fight, so I don't know. <laughs> Ooh. All right, uh, I'm going ten and two. I just, I, I see the one loss against Oklahoma. Maybe it's Nipper. Maybe. I mean, so, so can I ask you guys a question? Who did anybody think the the Bearcats would start two and zero? I mean, I, 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 well, I don't, I don't think I did. Did did, did anybody else think that? In my podcasting, well, we're we're a podcast, so like you know, and, and we're homers at the end of the day. So hey, I'm not going to speak on behalf of Steve. I'm but a homer too. At the same time, like I'm going to say out loud, yes, absolutely. Internally, there's a strong part of me that's like chattering my teeth going into that game, but I still felt like I felt very strongly that we could win this game. Did I think that it was a guarantee? Absolutely nah. not. But I did not think that we would be two and zero. I also did not think that we would be one and one somewhere in the middle there, but I knew we were going to beat the shit out of EKU. Oh yeah, so. EKU. Like... Yeah, I, I, I was pretty sure we we're going to win that. It's just, I, I just the, the the way we've looked is just, because let's be honest, right? we knew our defense was going to be good. It's our offense, and for me, I'm like I, I do a podcast every single day, so so the offense was the one that scared me is because you got everybody's new, all the wide receivers were new. Quarterbacks knew, you know, I knew our defense was going to be good. I didn't know how our offense would look. And our offense has looked damn good for, for everybody who, who really hasn't played together except for two day, two games now. So I, I want to piggyback on that. I saw a lot of comments on Twitter about how this year's team with Satterfield versus last year's team with Fickle and how it just – it. It felt different, and I, and <clears throat> keep in mind, I wasn't able to watch uh, the EKU game, but it, it just felt like it was a different philosophy out there in a in different scheme. Yes, and night so, and day, night and day. So we'll see how that that pans out. I mean, it just felt different. I mean, Corey Kiner just looked like a different player. Can, 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 I, you know. can I give you a scenario? What it kind of reminded me of, and I know everybody hates Brian Kelly, which I do too, but it kind of reminded me of Brian Kelly taking him. If you guys remember back in the day, Brian Kelly taking over in that Toronto uh, bowl game where we went from Mark D'Antonio for a, from a completely running, run the ball offense to a pass happy offense. And that happened in, in a bowl game. You know, if you guys remember. Hey, man, man, you're, you're really showing your age there. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm, I'm 48, man. I, I, trust me, I, I I was at the Bearcat games when uh, T- Tim Murphy was there, and none of y'all were there. So trust me, I'm old. So uh, I'm all, I'm all. None of us weren't alive. I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm all good with that. But I mean, that that's if you guys remember that, that's kind of what this is. You know, uh, Fickle was more uh, run the game, run the ball, and play defense. And 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 Satterfield is is throw it around, and that's kind of what this team has reminded me of how they've done the change. Which they still have the defense and the players that Luke had, but the way uh, uh, Satterfield has come in here and, and brought guys in from different teams, it's a pass happy offense. And and dude, it, it I'm 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 surprised as how good they are. Did yeah, I mean honestly, like I think this is one of those games where. It felt like we were kind of starting to play ourselves out of the end yeah. of it. But at the beginning, like, I mean, the Bearcats were honestly in cruise control. Right, right, right. Like, real early on. And that's a feeling that, like, I, I don't think that we felt, honestly, in any game last no, year. No, no. I mean, except for, you know, maybe the FCS kind of toss-up games. Or, I mean, Miami is basically an FCS team at this point, too. But I think, like, when you're talking about the the feel of that game and the feel and the transition between last year and this year, I mean, we saw it against DKU and we saw it for a real hot like two and a half, almost three quarters in today's right. game. And, and so, if we can find a way to again bring that back, put that on Miami. If you can find a way to bring that energy, which I know you're going to do in Nippert, and you're going to play against a really tough. Oklahoma team but that may be flawed and hopefully you can dial in some of your issues especially in your secondary and some of those other problems that came up in this game if you could figure that out in the next game and you can be dialed in you got three games off the board and you can be dialed in big 12 home opener Bearcats beat Miami we talked about this too I think that's probably your big noon kickoff game I think if you come out of this game there's a possibility the Bearcats could sneak their way into top 25 if there's enough chaos I don't think it's going to happen but but after Miami, I, I think there's a chance that this is a ranked matchup when you go play Oklahoma. Yeah, absolutely. They, 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 they could score with, with anybody in the country right now. That, that, that's, that's what is different from uh, Luke Fickle teams in the past. By the way, if you guys are, are wondering, I, I do do a podcast. It's called Sports Strawberry Ice uh, Live Every Day at 530. So just letting you know that. <laughs> did uh, anybody, um, Did anybody see the EKU-Kentucky game today? Yes, trend. Yes, sir. Yes. So the whole oh, Cincinnati doesn't play anybody. Cincinnati doesn't. Cincinnati schedules cupcakes. SEC couldn't handle them. EKU has got a they they got a good freaking offense. I mean, look at the quarterback they put in the NFL. They're they're a legit team. Didn't I just hope some certain recruits saw that? Um, that's that's all I'm saying. I, I just hope some recruits uh, saw that difference there. Who was the uh, – no, I, I saw this on Twitter, and I, I couldn't remember the name, but someone said that someone transferred to UK and then got smoked on a play. Like, who, who Hardaway. Was oh, it was Hardaway? Okay. Yeah, dude, he got smoked. He got Thank you. Hate to see it. Hey, was I he mean... the baseball guy too? <laughs> no, 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 that, that was, was a... Snowden. He went to Wisconsin. Okay. He's garbage. <laughs> Rogosh lit him up in the uh, state playoffs, if you want to know. I mean, hey, this is this is one thing I want to cover, too. So if we're looking at our active scoreboard throughout the rest of the Big 12, um, you know, kind of 
looking at where we're going to be matched up, uh, some of the games that we have on the schedule. Kansas, of course, this uh, uh, Friday night managed to beat a, I don't know, Illinois team. I never know how to measure them. They got beat um, by Kansas but... last night, didn't they? <laughs> No, Kansas beat Illinois. Oh, well, yeah, sorry. I We were confused. Yeah. There we go. Yes, Jaylen Kansas Daniels beat Illinois last night. Yeah. Uh, Illinois, you got, you Illinois got Kansas struggled on. week one against Toledo, who's probably going to win the match. Yeah, that's possible true. Yeah, I mean, it, but again, you've got Kansas on the schedule there. you got UCF, who again needed a game-winning kick to beat Boise State on the road. Uh, Iowa State, of course, lost the Cyhawks there. Uh, BYU took care of Southern Utah. Oklahoma 28-11 uh, against SMU. Kansas State, we don't play them. Utah, Baylor. Uh, Baylor came out, uh, under, unfortunately, uh, 13-20 in that game against a depleted Utah, uh, which I guess they were depleted as well for Baylor. Um, Oklahoma State and Arizona State, that one's coming up right about now. Um, and then, of course, you also have Houston, who's in a deadlock match with uh, Rice. It's overtime They've uh, tied out. Houston scored 21 in the fourth quarter, uh, showing some clutch moves there against JT Daniels and Rice to uh, put away the team that is supposed to be, like, bottom of the American this year. Wait, um, that's where JT Daniels went? Oh, yeah. You didn't catch yeah. that? Yeah, that, that's the news. That's the oh news. I'm glad you're on board I now. Tell me, I'm glad tell me he's the greatest quarterback ever. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, and then of, of course you got West Virginia and uh, Duquesne, or yeah, I think that's how you say it. But uh, West Virginia has beaten the crap out of them, so uh, hey, hey, somebody's in control. Hey boy, Maybe West Virginia. Hey better. boys, I, I gotta go. I'm gonna watch this UFC fight, but I appreciate you guys. Let me uh, come on here and speak. Go Bearcats! Appreciate you guys. Go Bearcats! Hey man, dude. Of course, man. We, this is gonna be a great season. I, this is gonna be a lot better than I thought it was. I, I'm not a down. Uh, uh, Bearcat fan, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of those guys who, uh, you know, is always downgrading the program. So I, I, I appreciate this. Go Bearcats. Follow me on Twitter, YouTube, all that stuff. And uh, I'll, I'll, if you guys do this again, I'll jump on again. All right. Go Bearcats. Awesome. Yeah, we're trying to do it every game. All right. So, uh, hop on. I, I will try to jump on, guys. Appreciate you guys. Take See care, man. man. Yeah. So <clears throat> overall, um, I, I think there's a lot of, you know, games that felt like toss-ups, seeing what we've seen so far this season, um, I, I think you might feel a bit more confident in the Bearcats. And I think that's kind of the storyline of the day. Um, you walk out of uh, that road game at Pitt with a bit more confidence uh, and a bit more swagger to your step, you know, if, if you're the Bearcats and, and you look forward to some of these uh, later season matchups where I, I think, you know, everybody starts to get dialed in. But if this is where you're at and some of these other teams are still figuring it out too, um, I think there's a lot of hope, uh, and I think that it, there's good reason to be an optimist, and I don't think that the Bearcats have shown us uh, anything that doesn't look like it could be fixable. There's nothing that's just flat-out broken. There, there's some things to work on, but uh, there's a lot of potential here. And, and, I mean, the sky's the limit. You know, the Bearcats are – they everybody counted them out, and here we are and sitting 2-0, and oh, and uh, we're almost halfway to that uh, – we're almost halfway to the 5.5 there, so – Look where we're at now, kids. I, I think is anyone that, in here? Is anyone in here that was at the game in Pittsburgh? Want to talk about the experience? Ooh, I don't know if we're gonna get anybody from the game. No. Yeah, they're probably all walking out of the stadium still. Yeah, I'm, I'll hit up Professor Bugs. 
<laughs> all uh all I can say is the only thing that really worries me is the depth on this roster when we're rotating in the two two deep and three deep when we're starting to get into the nitty gritty of the you know p5 slug down the down the stretch um i'm hoping we have the dudes that can go but man it's gonna be a battle so i think that's kind of one of the only things that worries me is you know can our can our guys stay healthy do we have the depth that we need to you know are we gonna be go deep yeah and that's a very fair point too i mean that's a that's a thing where you don't get to see a lot of that when you're playing a tighter game like this. Um, you're going to, you know, obviously have a lot of your starters out there, but um, you know, as the season burns on, I, I think hopefully if we can manage to stay healthy and we can manage to keep these guys in, um, you know, keep them refreshed throughout the season, things should be looking up. I mean, and ultimately, you know, what we've got coming up, it, it's, it, it feels like you can connect a few dots and make some things happen. Um, I want to, leave us off with this one point, uh, which felt really, I thought I agreed with, uh, at Danny McMahon four, uh, left a comment in the space here for us. It just said, uh, this felt like an 06 to 2009 Bearcats win, like an old classic kind of Bearcats. And of course, you know, you're beating pit in pit. It just feels right. That's the way it should be. And that's the way it'll continue to be. Um, I mean, we got some dogs and <laughs> if you, if you're playing the Bearcats, you better be scared. That's all I got to say. Matt, let me hear from you. I, I feel like I haven't been able to hear, hear from, from you just yet. Yeah, well, no, I was going to ask. Like, you know, so watching the secondary in the second half, they did not look great. I believe it was seven penalties for 95 yards. That was one area of concern for me. I mean, it sounds like you guys believe it's going to be fixable. Um, is, do you think we're, it's something that a lot of these uh, Big 12 teams are going to exploit? Is it fixable, or are you guys um, so, concerned, kind of like I am? So, Justin, I'll take that one. I, I do think, like, it's possible that it could be fixed, but, I, I like, you know, if you're being honest with yourself, I do think that was our one weak spot this year that we all thought might have been, you know, not as good compared to our other spots in the defensive line. And I – I do think maybe a couple of them were just Justin Harris, unfortunately, like helping out the the referees and uncatchable balls being turned into PIs. That was basically Pitt's whole offense tonight. And if a better team that can, that has better quarterbacks and receivers gets in there and is able to take over, then I that is something that does concern me um, for sure. I like you know, I just maybe you can adjust that. Maybe you know, that, that can be probably coached a little bit better. Um, I think like just like Taj unfortunately got got burned on that first touchdown by Pitt tonight, I, and maybe you can teach that better. Justin, what do you think? I don't know. I just like I, I don't really think you know that the talent might not be fully there. Maybe you can just scheme a couple things up. Maybe we if we keep the pressure like it was tonight, then uh, you'll be able to get to the quarterback before you know the defensive back has to make that play. I mean, I think a big part of this, which I, I personally believe is pretty coachable, um, keep your hands off. Like, if it's going to get handsy and they're, the refs are going to call it, you know, pull back a little bit. You know, play up in their face, but keep your hands off and make sure you got your eye on the ball. I, I know that they uh, made a couple calls there where it's just like, you know, you, you've got your 
safeties and your corners, they're playing into the face of the receiver, but they're not actually turning to make the play on the ball, which makes it so much easier to call those, you know, PIs versus if you're actually playing for the ball. Um, that's, that's a big part. I think if you just make those turns, you're going to open that up a bit more and there's a little less room for concern. Um, but ultimately I, I, I want to propose this too, because if we think about where Pitt has been, where Pitt stacks up, where everybody said Pitt was, um, and I don't think they, they definitely didn't look bad in this game. It wasn't like, I mean, the Bearcats worked for this win for sure. Um, I, I just wonder if you look at the rest of our schedule and you look at where some of these other teams are, if you've got Miami on here, you've got BYU who hasn't looked very strong yet. You've got Iowa state, Baylor, Houston, West Virginia, Kansas. Do you really think any of those teams are better than Pitt? And, and if you don't, like, I think you're going to have some toss up games. And of course, some of those tough ticky tack calls can get you, but ultimately I think those are a lot of winnable games and, and some of these like issues that might come up. If you just if you whittle down a few of those and just get really dialed in, I don't see why you're going to struggle with most of the teams on our schedule this year. We yeah, have a schedule. I have to like I I have to try to interrupt real quick here to like answer a little bit of Matt's question and a little bit of what you're saying. I have a weird feeling about this pit game in in the sense of Indiana in 2021, where I was really concerned about the Indiana game more so than the Notre Dame game. And then that Indiana team just wasn't it. You know, Michael Penix just was not it. And I'm not going to like get all in on that, but I have a weird feeling about this pit team. Jerkovich was bad tonight. Like he threw a lot of shitty balls and and, and, a bunch um, of ducks. And I mean, if you notice too, the one I saw him getting frustrated because I think some of his receivers ran, like didn't run the routes that he was expecting right, them to run. Right, and 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 uh, like, he and was, like, was our yes. secondary expecting some different results? Like there were definitely issues with Justin Harris. Like there were some things with the secondary that I believe that can be coached, but can also be exposed as issues as we did into conference play. Yeah, hold up. Let's talk, so like, let's talk X's and O's real quick. Like we were putting our cornerbacks on an absolute island all game. We were sending seven, eight, and that's why we had so many sacks. Yeah, bring in the house. It, it, so many sacks and so many hurries, but that's why they were getting away with these 50-50 balls. That's what it was. It was just the whole second half was just fades the entire time. And, you know, it, it, instead of 50-50, I thought we did pretty well defending it. Um, it was more like 25-75. Um, their quarterback was 10 for 32. That is hot garbage. So – that is real rough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, he's, he's, uh, but a lot uh, of those were good well, pass breakups, too. Yeah. No, but no, 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 no. So, no, uh, someone brought this up earlier this week. I think it might have been Dave Simone. He's a 59% career pass. Uh, he, yeah, he's 59% career between Notre Dame and Boston College. Like, he sucks. <laughs> yeah. And tonight we have like 28%, which is, I think, phenomenal. So I, I think we can criticize Harris a little bit. But I think more times than not, he actually won his one-on-ones instead of getting torched. No, I 100% agree because I think, like I said, there was a lot of really good pass breakups and in some clutch situations, especially in the end zone too. There was multiple pass breakups there. Yeah. You know, of course you get one or two that just like, all right. I mean, I even think the one that Harris did have in the end zone a little bit earlier on, 
uh, I mean, that was, that was that was two guys grabbing on each other the entire time. And then, you know, at the end, you've got a guy who's got the full jersey in his hand, and yet Harris isn't going to get that call, uh, which sucks. But at the end of the day, like, there's a lot of really good defensive showouts there, and I think there's reason to be optimistic. And I think there is, like I said, reason to be optimistic that we can coach that into that to just dial it in and clean it up. I don't think this is, like – if there's another thing too, like what I looked at for a lot of the Luke Fickle teams, they were very, they lacked some discipline at certain times. And I think some of those, like it, it just, we racked up stupid penalties and I'm really curious to see if this is a continual issue for us. But like I said, I'm optimistic that we can fix that uh, because I don't think most games you're going to be having 90 yards of penalties. And and um, I think if we didn't have 90 yards of penalties. This is a two score game. Um, it's funny you bring up the Luke Fickle and stupid penalties. Their uh, DB or whoever it was might have been an offensive player smoked a Washington State DB like ten yards down the field, brought the ball back. Um, then they fumbled the next play. So, yeah, the stupid penalties I'm thinking are going out the door as uh, the longer Satter- Satterfield's here. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I think, like I said, this is we're still very early in the season, and we're also very early in the season with a lot of guys who haven't played to each other that or played with each other that are still learning the system. Um, you know, some of these guys, like you know, think about like the Cincinnati guys who did stick around even defensively. Like they're playing a scheme that they aren't used to. Like they had to relearn some of these things because they played for Fickle, and then Brown comes in and sort of shift things around. So you're changing some we- of that stuff up. And I think that that's another uh, thing. This seems to be doing just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Can I talk about Brown real quick for a second? Man, like, our yeah, defensive just, line is, is phenomenal. Oh, my God. It was amazing tonight. And, like, dude, they hit fucking hard. Like, they, I, I think Jerkovich was seeing people because, man, he got hit hard a couple times tonight. And, like, they were just, man, I, I don't know. I think that was just something that I noticed was that, they were just making some hard contact and hard plays when they were, they were getting there. And I was just, I, I mean, obviously, you know, there was hard contact as well under fickle, but it was kind of just like, I think at a certain level, you see the speed and like guys like Jawan Briggs who have been playing for a while and Dante and Greziak. I think Greziak had another good game tonight as well. I think that like, that's going to be another big pickup for us from the transfer portal, but I, that was just one of my takeaways as well. It's like, man, they hit really hard tonight. And I was kind of shocked to see that Jerkovich was able to keep on – hold on to the ball so many times because he took some licks, man. I mean, it was all game, too. It wasn't just like in one little portion. It was the whole game. He was getting chased around. And we actually talked – so this week our episode, uh, we recorded with uh, the loyal sons of uh, Pitt – RIP to those guys, unfortunately. They talked a lot of shit this week, and I think it did bite them in the ass. They also did say fuck Harambe, which I think is what cost them the game. Regardless of all that, uh, you know, they made some interesting points about um, Phil not really having so much mobility. I think there's a couple times where he honestly just got away and our defense kind of broke down. Um, But for the few times that, you know, he did manage to get away, I I really think a lot of the time he was just eating it this whole game. And, And that... That felt like, again, you, you really control that. You have the pressure up front. You have pretty good uh, <clears throat> coverage and good, pretty good pressure back there when you're actually trying to make those passes. So if you're pressuring the QB, 
You're pressuring those receivers. You're not really allowing a lot. I, I really think that the defense shut a lot of things down. I think, again, like we said, I think my player of the game would be uh, Corey Kiner. But I, I think on the side of the ball, the defense for sure won the game for us here. Dude, Corey like Kiner I, was, I was an a... angry man tonight. I saw him on a play where he could have cut to the open field and gained about three to four yards. He ran two yards straight towards a guy and put his hand right through his helmet. Like, he was an angry man. It was so fun to watch. Um, like, I, do you guys remember uh, Byron Threat's nickname out of high school? Nobody? Tell us. I do not know. It's two shots because he got shot twice in high school. Jesus. Oh, my. Well. Uh, there's a reason he brings the boomstick. Oh, my. Anyways, All right. um, Oregon, <laughs> okay. Oregon, and Texas Tech just went final, thirty-eight, thirty. <laughs> Quick change of subject. Wait, I got one. I forgot one player when we were talking about individual performances. Uh, Jordan Young did a phenomenal job tonight covering Pitt's wide receivers. I just wanted to throw that out there. I completely forgot about him earlier, oh, but yeah. I just want to throw that out there. Yes, sir. You know, some I of these things you... are like stats that we don't get to have, and I really wish we could see some more advanced stats on some of these guys because, goodness gracious. Did anyone else see the, like, the blatant holds, like, especially on third down? How yeah, Russ didn't see it, so I didn't were. see it. <laughs> oh, my God. Every time on Corleone, every time. Jesus Christ, I was getting so mad. so bad. So bad. Like, I, uh, especially, I, like, I, I think we were up uh, – uh, Ten nothing at one, and there was like a big third down, and that that that's when they finally scored. But it's like we would have had it, but I think it was uh Briggs. Like uh, you just saw his jersey just like almost get pulled down to his belly button. It's like how how the hell did you miss that? Yeah, that it was pretty big much the entire scary. first half. Yeah, that's what scares me. That's big twelve refs. Scary. I, I didn't get the chance to actually watch the game on TV, but, like, how how bad was, like, the refing just in general? I mean, the miss, the missed calls were atrocious. And, like, some of those ticky-tacky pass interference calls when guys are hand-fighting, I mean, they, to their credit, they did pick up the targeting flag that they threw for Byron Threats, which they might have, which AAC refs might not have picked up. But, I mean, it was pretty much hot garbage, no calls on holding like it was in the AAC for the most part. Oh, lovely. Okay. Because, like, if – I mean, at least they at least they brought the flag back for, for threats on the targeting. Because, like, that would – if we lost – if we would have lost him for that, that would have changed the game big time. That's a really good point, too. That, that would have been a swing call for sure. I will say if anybody got to see it back in slow motion – Perfect hit, like textbook, shoulder yeah. to chest, yeah, everything, textbook. everything. Yeah. Well, and that was the thing is like, I mean, not, I'm not gonna like sit here and say like I'm a you know expert analyst or I know ball like better than anybody else because I definitely don't. There's a lot of people who know shit a lot better than me. But when I watched that play live, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, damn, that's a hard hit. And the next thing you know, like they go to targeting, and then it's like escalating this whole thing. I'm like, what the hell even happened? Like, I don't think anybody was questioning. I don't even think the player was like you know, looking for a call either. He kind of just got up and walked away. And then all of a sudden there's a targeting call. 
real quick on that, I just want to give one last thing, and I'm going to roll off here. But um, I, I think the three drives that Pitt had tonight, you could honestly look at them and say if penalties had not aided these drives, like maybe the one long pass to their t- uh, their tight end, there wasn't that many penalties on that. But they got two penalty-aided drives that took about six minutes each off the clock. And, dude, like not every team is going to get that. I think Pitt got a maybe like I don't think they really got a home roll, but man, other than that, the defense like you know they had they were getting them off the field pretty consistently in one or two series. I do think that you know some of those penalties did extend those drives, and the, the of the three scoring drives they had, two were just slogs that were just extended by penalties. If you can clean that up, I think the defense can be. I mean, I don't even want to say even better because I think they were still pretty good tonight regardless. Uh, God, I think the, the thing that really speaks to me the most about how this defense, like, reacted is when they had fourth and nine and, like, killed any chance. They just rushed seven and just got to the quarterback immediately. No no chance of them of Pitt even scoring to win the game. So I'm going to roll off here, guys, but good talking to you. Go fucking Bearcats. 2-0, baby. Let's go. Go Cats and Washington oh, State yeah. just scored on uh, Wisconsin. Hate to see oh, it. Nice. Oh yeah, yeah. just saw that. Thirty twenty-two with five and a half left to go. Um, well, I think Steve Steve heading out of here too is a. I'm I'm think this is a good point to wrap this up. We've been uh, we've been talking for a hot minute here, so uh, thank you guys for joining us here live. If you've been listening. Um, if you're not joining us live and you're joining us, uh, through the airwaves on Spotify or some of our other platforms there, um, do, do be sure to keep listening and check us out, uh, for our weekly episodes. Cause we do those as well. Um, so again, thanks guys for listening. Go Bearcats. Uh, remember Bearcats. as always eat shit pit and, uh, let's have a great week here, folks. Let's go, uh, beat the crap out of the Red Hawks next week. Ring the bell. Ring that damn bell and, uh, flip that paddle wheel. Over to the right. Actually, it didn't even be flipped. It, it's staying where it was, and it never left the trophy case. So that's how it goes. Eat shit, pit. Have a good night, folks. Sports Social Podcast Network.